Well, when we know we ought to do something, we often put it off, right? Um, Oh, I'll clean up the house tomorrow. Or I should start eating better. Yeah, maybe tomorrow. Or I ought to go to confession. Ah, Maybe next week. Today's readings remind us, well, we don't have forever. We ought to repent. And in fact, there's a certain urgency to it. Jonah was sent by God to Nineveh with the message that the city had to repent of their evil ways or face destruction. And it wasn't some vague threat. They were told, 40 days more and Nineveh shall be destroyed. St. Paul, in our second reading, also wrote to say, I tell you, brothers and sisters, the time is running out. And the gospel, too, presented us with the first recorded words of Jesus. This is the time of fulfillment. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. So if we know we are doing something sinful or failing to do something that God requires, well, now is the time to get things right. We don't have forever, and we can't escape from God. Which brings me back to Jonah. You know, our reading today from Jonah, it omits a big part of the story, the part we really all remember about Jonah. God called on Jonah to go to Nineveh and warn them, as I said, to repent. This wasn't an assignment that Jonah wanted at all, because it entailed him, a Jewish prophet, traveling far into, really, what's enemy territory to deliver an unpopular message. It's really tough to tell people that they're doing something wrong and they need to change, right? Especially if it's someone who has the... uh, They're an enemy. They, They might fight back. So what does Jonah do? Well, he hopped on a boat to get away from the Lord, it says, and as far away from Nineveh, where God wanted him to go, as he could get. Now, as he sailed along, God, it says, hurled a violent wind upon the sea. And it was such a storm that the other sailors, who weren't Jewish, they were all praying to their respective pagan false gods, uh, hoping that they would find some help and be saved. They even started to throw cargo overboard to lighten the ship so it wouldn't sink. Meanwhile, Jonah is just asleep. The pagan sailors woke him up and told him to get busy praying to his God, which happens to be the true God, so that they might be spared. And I think it's ironic that the pagans have to rouse the man of God and tell him to get busy praying. The sailors knew that Jonah was running away from God. They understood that they were all suffering and about to perish because Jonah was fleeing from God and his will for him. They decided they had to get him off the ship or they were afraid. They didn't. They would sink. So first they tried to row to shore and, you know, drop him off, so get him off the boat. But it's no use. The storm is too bad. So Jonah agreed to be thrown overboard so the storm would let up, that God would leave them alone. And that's what happens, that he gets thrown into the sea and the storm calms down. But, of course, this is the part of the story we remember the most. Once he's in the sea, 
he is swallowed by a large fish, and days later, later he is vomited up on the shore. Finally, he agreed to go and do what God wanted, to deliver God's message to Nineveh. So he could not escape God's will. And it's a good thing that he couldn't, because after he spent days preaching to Nineveh, something amazing happened. The whole city repented, and as a result, God spared them. I mean, think about that. Jonah knew what God wanted from him, and he ran the other way. And what happened? A ship full of people, and well, I guess a whole city, almost died. Jonah finally did what the Lord wanted, and an enormous city was saved from destruction. Now, of course, the same thing happens to us. We may not hear uh, God speak to us in the exact way as God spoke to Jonah or to other prophets or to St. Paul or to the apostles, but God does speak to us all the time. Through the word of God, yes, uh, through the church, true, And once we have internalized the word of God and the church, what the church has to say, then God speaks to us even more intimately through our conscience. Our conscience is the voice of God echoing in our own minds. As the Second Vatican Council put it, deep within his conscience, man discovers a law which he has not laid upon himself but which he must obey. Its voice, ever calling him to love and to do what is good and to avoid evil, sounds in his heart at the right moment. For man has in his heart a law inscribed by God. His conscience is man's most secret core and his sanctuary. There he is alone with God, whose voice echoes in his depths. Now, on some level, because of natural law, just because we're humans, we all know the basics of right and wrong, like the Ten Commandments. Everyone knows that. And then on a deeper level, as Catholics who've read the scriptures and heard the church's teachings, we know even more about what is right and wrong. And when we are tempted to avoid something that we know God wants us to do, or to do something we know we ought not to do, there is a voice within us our conscience, that bugs us, right? We know this. It's constantly bugging us. But we should listen to this voice because it speaks for God. And we should not hesitate because, like Jonah, if we flee from God, we suffer needlessly. And others will suffer too. And if we follow God's promptings in life, we we will be blessed not in this life, well then in the next. And so will those be around us. A few examples of this, I mean, considering that Friday was, yesterday, it was the March for Life in Washington, D.C., this example came to my mind. So imagine, if someone hears of a friend or an acquaintance who is considering an abortion because of very difficult circumstances in life, they might get a nudge from God in their conscience to go and reach out to this friend or acquaintance to offer to help them to choose life, 
to support them in a difficult, very difficult time. Now, that's not easy to do, right? Who wants to touch that? That's a very sensitive and a very difficult situation. But if they ignore the prompting from God, what happens? Well, they might feel a little guilty. I should have said something. And that's unfortunate to have that guilty feeling, isn't it? But it goes beyond that. The unborn child's life might be ended when it could have been saved. Or another example, consider a man alone with his phone, tempted to look at pornography. His conscience might be screaming at him, you know, stop. But he goes ahead. Nothing is, isn't going to hurt anyone. It's just a private matter, right? I mean, who knows who's going to see it? But it could become an addiction for him. It can distort his view of women and of relationships. It can derail what could have otherwise been a healthy, happy, married life. It could well destroy his marriage, or if he's not married, his future marriage. It could have great traumatic effects upon his children, and so on. But on the other side of that, of those examples, you know, if the person in the first example reached out, maybe the child would have been saved. Maybe the mother of the child could have been spared the trauma and the sin of the abortion. Generations of children, in fact, become possible with each new child welcomed into the world. So the stakes are pretty high. And the man, if he can avoid the pornography with the help of grace, right, his relationships can grow stronger. His mental health can improve. He can more effectively lead, if he has his, a family, he can more effectively lead that family in holiness and virtue. And he can avoid the sin which has the potential, really, to lead him to hell forever if he doesn't repent. And speaking of repentance, as I said at the beginning, I can imagine a person feeling nudged by their conscience. I need to get to confession. Oh, Maybe this is because they rightly feel guilty about some particular sin. Maybe they feel embarrassed, whatever, they hesitate, they make excuses. They think, well, maybe next week. The thing is, they might not get the chance. I mean, to summarize today's readings, time is running out. Repent. Now, abortion, porn, confession, these are just three kind of dramatic examples, but the same is true with any other thing I could have thought of. We get a nudge from that loud little conscience that we've got echoing in our mind, a nudge from God. Do we listen? Jonah tried to run from God's will, and everyone around him suffered. Jonah did God's will, and everyone was saved. The same is true for us. We might not like to be bothered by God speaking to us. I'm sure the Ninevites were annoyed at hearing Jonah's message but the message saved them. So if there's something in your life that you know God wants from you, don't hesitate. Give it to him. Do as he asks. Trust him. Time is short, and the stakes are quite high. Amen.